Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Rod today and you want a bit more of him, get to RPM on Tuesday, yeah? Okay. Let's give him a big welcome. Actually, if I'm rubbish this morning, still come to RPM on Tuesday. Amen. <laughs> Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, whoever's um, online. Welcome. And... Um, Welcome as well to our pastors who are probably watching online. I hope they're watching online because that's what they're supposed to be doing right now is actually laying there and watching me bring the word. It's always a privilege to stand here and to bring the word of God because, first of all, when you bring in the word of God, you bring it out of shared experience. It's not just coming up here and just saying things. It's out of shared experience. So, it's always a privilege for me to share things which I've gone through as a Christian. And I must say as well, Rob and team, it's such a blessing to hear about these testimonies because testimonies are important to the body of Christ. The testimonies are there to encourage us because when I see someone else has been healed, it gives me encouragement that I can be healed. When someone gets saved, it gives me encouragement to know that someone who I know can also get saved. So that's the whole point of testimony and why we bring these things forward. Amen. Amen. So can you touch the person to the left of you and just check and see if they are alive? Okay. Clearly, clearly, let let me demonstrate. If you are facing this way, this is your left-hand side, okay? Because some of you seem to have gotten that wrong completely. Okay, now turn to the person to the right of you and check and see if they're alive. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so for some of us, you actually gotta give them a little shake just to check, just to make sure, are you still okay? You're not falling asleep? Roderick not talking too loud, okay? Because that is what I do, if you don't know, I'm not from the UK, so I talk a bit funny. When you hear my R's, it comes out different from the rest of you, okay? But that's just how I am, so I sound. It's also good, because now you have to actually sit there and think, oh my word, what did he say, what did he say? Okay, so that's just, that's just something to just keep you awake. So, how do we determine whether someone's alive or not? Breathing. They're breathing. So, basically, they're not dead, isn't it? <laughs> so, if I want to know if someone is alive, basically, I just have to make sure they're not dead. <laughs> it's as easy as that. I tried to look it up. I looked up in the dictionary. What is the meaning of being alive, not dead? <laughs> it's as simple as that. But who knows? I mean, I was, I was walking with my wife yesterday, and she we were coming past Alfred Road Park, and she stopped and she said, look at this tree. It's beautiful. 
And the tree was vibrant, it's colorful and everything. And I said, the tree has always been there. Yeah, but it didn't have the colors. But it's always been there. So what was different about it? In the winter, it appears as if the tree was dead. But now in the spring and in the summer, it comes to life. And for some of us, that is how we are in the seasons of life that we found ourselves in. In John 11, verse 39 to 44, we hear the story of Lazarus. Most of you heard the story of, or are familiar with the story of Lazarus. So basically, just a quick recap. Lazarus is a friend of Jesus. He dies one day. People tell Jesus that he has died. Jesus doesn't go to the funeral. He decides to just, wherever he is, he's going to stay there. They bury Lazarus in this tomb. And three days later, Jesus decides to go around and check up on Lazarus. So he comes there. People tell him, Lord, if you had been here, you would have maybe been alive. And Jesus actually said at the death of Lazarus, because it says, Jesus wept. That's the shortest sentence in the English language, is Jesus wept. So if you're, if you're ever doing a pub, a quiz, and they ask what's the shortest sentence in the English language, it's Jesus wept. Okay, that's just, that's just I hope some of you wrote that down. So I'm just going to catch up on, on this part here. So Jesus goes to the tomb, and he stands in front of the tomb. And then it says, Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now, how crazy is that? To stand in front of a tomb, to stand in front of a grave, and shout, come out. This is three days after the person had died and were buried. And then the word of God says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with bandages, because that's, that's what they do in the, in the Middle East, his hands and his feet were bound, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, to the people, unbind him and let him go. So Lazarus, he was a corpse. He was dead. But when Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, somehow the spirit that was in Lazarus all the years, the spirit that had gone to the grave, heard the voice of God, came back into this dead body, gave life to this dead. You, do you know what? It's so easy for us to read this, the, the word of God and to just read it. But if you apply your mind to it, then you actually realize how crazy it is to have a dead body suddenly sitting up with bandages, coming out of the tomb in front of all these people. And then Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. He struggles to his feet and he staggers out of the tomb. Why did Jesus say unbind him? Because even though Lazarus was now alive, he was so tangled up in his grave wrappings. So 
even though he was now alive, he still had to be freed from his grave wrappings. So the Lord Jesus, who raised Lazarus from the dead, also had to ensure that Lazarus was set free. He also had to ensure that he be set free. So here we see two things. There's a problem of being dead, and then there's a problem of being set free from your grave wrappings. So what is the problem of being dead? And here I'm talking to, to someone who's maybe not saved, someone who hasn't made the commitment to Christ. When we say that you are dead, it means that in your sin, you are dead to Christ. You are dead because your sin separates you from God. You are alive. You're breathing. He just checked up on half of you. You're okay. But inside, we can't see what's happening to you inside. When you leave here, you've got all the worries and the cares of the world. How am I going to feed my kids? I need a job. How am I going to get through this day? My wife has left me. My husband has left me. How am I going to just walk from here to the car? My knees are paining. Well, that's me. My knees really, my knees really are paining. Okay, just sitting there too long, my knees start aching and things. But these are the things that we we struggle with every single day. But you look at somebody from the outside, and I'm smiling, and you say, "Do you know what? He's alive." No, inside, they did. You have to know that there are so many people you come into contact with who are dead inside. They are struggling just to wake up in the morning to go into the new day. Struggling. But yet when you encounter them, they seem to be alive. Because when you shake them, they smile and say, hi, how are you? I'm okay. But they're dead inside. So many of us, we are religious. We come to church every week. But inside, we're still struggling. We're still dead inside. We're spiritually hollow. Then we have the problem of the grave wrappings. Do you know what? When I first came to Christ, Years ago, I can't even remember now, it's so long ago, because I'm so old already. Um, initially, once after I got saved, it was so difficult to really see what I am now in Christ, because I had still all my old things that I was struggling with. All the sin and the struggles in life were still there. When I went home, I still had the same things. And, it's, and I know that there are some of us who you are saved, but you are still struggling with addiction. You're still struggling with mental health issues. You're still struggling with porn. You're still struggling with 
all these things in your life. And these are the grave wrappings that has not come, that has not been loosened from you. So it feels as if you are still in the grave. Because to all intents and purposes, those grave wrappings kept Lazarus in the grave. And if you are out of the grave and you still have your grave wrappings, then you might as well be in the grave. I just want to read another scripture. I mean, we all know the story of the prodigal son, right? The guy, the boy, he um, has a father, and he decides when he's old enough, he tells his father, look here, just give me my inheritance, because I know what's best for myself. So his father gives him his inheritance, and he goes off, goes to another country, and he squanders his inheritance. Eventually finds himself in a pigsty. He's lost everything and is now amongst the pigs, feeding the pigs, watching, looking after the pigs. And once he's there, he decides to himself, do you know what? My father's servants live better than what I do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm going to ask my father for a job. Because I know that if I'm in my father's house, he's going to feed me, he's going to take care of me, um, because that's how the servants are taken care of. And he decides to go back to his, and he goes off to, to, to his father's house. But who knows that his father is looking out for him every single day. Every day, his father goes and he stands, and he looks out for his son. Why? Because he loves his son, and he's, he wants his son to come back. And eventually the son, he sees his son and he runs to him and embraces him. He brings his son in, okay? And the son says to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And it says, the father says to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. For this son of mine, was dead and is alive again. So the son wasn't really dead. But in the eyes of the culture at that time, he was as good as dead because he took his inheritance while his father was still alive. You're only supposed to inherit when the father dies. That's the only time you're supposed to get your inheritance. But by him saying, I want my inheritance now, he was saying, in my eyes, my father is dead. So I'm going to take my money now. So the father says, my son was dead, but he is alive again. Now listen to those words. And listen to the words that Jesus says about Lazarus. Unbind him and let him go. What happens to Lazarus if he never gets freed from the wrappings? What happens to the son if the father does not exchange his old clothes for the new? Because his old clothes symbolize his old him who was in the pigsty. But the father says, take that old stuff off. Put on a brand new robe. 
put a ring on his finger because those things symbolize the new you. And some of us, we've never let go of the old stuff. We've not put on the new things. We haven't. We still have these old garments on us. And you know what? Some of us, we are even so proud of these old things. I used to boast about how I used to drink alcohol. I used to be able to tell people, you know, I was a, I could drink from morning till night and into the next morning. That type of thing. That's boasting of you being an old you. And some of us, we, we, we kind of glorify the old us instead of glorifying the new you through Christ Jesus. There are millions of Christians walking the earth right now who never let go of the grave wrappings, who never had that exchange from the old garments to the new. Do you know what? The world needs Christians who has done that exchange. Because a Christian who has come out of the grave but we're still wearing our old wrappings. We are saying to the world, God has only done half a job. He hasn't done a complete work in our lives. He's only done half a job. He's brought me out, but he hasn't set me free. Who here is free? Who is free? If you are not sure whether you are free or not, when we have the altar call later, come to the front. If, if you have a shadow of a doubt in your life that says, do you know what? I don't know if all the garments has been taken from me. I'm still wearing some undergarments from my past life. There is still something wrapped around me from my past life which I haven't let go of. If you have a shadow of a doubt, forget about the person next to you. Come to the front. The prayer team is here to help you through that. Do you know what? I find sometimes that we are so good at looking cute. We, we, we are so good at coming to church and just looking cute. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. But we're not all right. It's not okay. And the devil is fooling you every time when the, when the altar call is here. The devil's telling you, don't go up because people's gonna think there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. But there's things in our lives that we've got to let go of. And we can only let go of those things through the power of the one who was resurrected. Jesus came out of the grave so that he can bring you out of the grave as well. Amen. Now, when Jesus said, unbind him, who was he talking to? 
was talking to other people standing around, right? So there was people standing around, and Jesus said, unbind him. When the father said, bring a robe, put it on the son, who was he talking to? Others that were standing around, okay? So Jesus and the father speaks the word, but there are others who actually act out those things. Now, who are those people? That's us. That's you and me. You see, the thing is, we come to church and we think church is only about coming here, listening to the word of God, and then going home. Because you've been set free. You have to try and set, you have to learn to set somebody else free. You now have to learn and to unbind somebody else's garments. You have to put on the cloak of somebody else. Stop being selfish. We are so selfish as Christians. It's only about ourselves. Learn to look around and recognize that others are hurting. And God is talking to me and you and saying, unbind those bandages. Put my cloak of righteousness upon that one over there. That's what we hear. We are supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ. God speaks a word and brings us out of the tomb. But we've got to help to take the garments, the grave wrappings off each other. We have to. We have to be here for each other. Don't let your brother or your sister remain in those wrappings. If you come into church and you're not encouraging somebody else, what are you doing? Are you only coming for your own encouragement? Church should not only be about emotions. It should not be only about feelings. Jesus wasn't that type of guy. Jesus got his hands dirty. He got his hands so dirty that others didn't like it. The religious leaders of those days didn't like the way he got his hands dirty. I mean, can you imagine if I see somebody who's blind, I spit on the ground, I mix the sand with the spit, and then I take that and put it on the blind person's eyes. And then they can see. If I was that blind person, I would have said, do you know what? Maybe not today. <laughs> Just not, maybe, okay, maybe some one of, your, one of your other guys do it for me. You know, can, um, can you just put your hands maybe on my head? But um, that's what you're doing there. It's not going on my eyes. Sometimes Christianity is dirty. You have to understand, it's not just cuteness. It's not just looking like we tend to look every week. Sometimes we've got to get down into the trenches. And the trenches are dirty and ugly. Lazarus, come out. Unbind him and let him go. The source of that word is from Jesus. But the doers in that word 
It's us. Once you are alive, once you've been set free, you have the power to bring others to life. You have the power to set others free. You're given authority to set others free. So, make yourself useful. This is why we have church. You know, you're going to do the, the growth track um, soon. If you haven't done it, go on it. Because church is not about just coming to church. You have to look at where you fit in. And when you fit in, it's not only to just do that, it's actually so that you can do the work of God in where you're fitting in. If you're in the car park, you're doing the work of Christ in the car park, helping others. If you're a steward, you're doing the work of God, stewarding. If you're serving, then that's what you're doing. So recognize that God is working through you in the stuff that you are doing. Sometimes we take these things so for granted. Do you know what? God sends people our way every day. And you know who they are. You know who they are. I mean, I was talking to Paul yesterday. The gaffer is sitting here in front, falling asleep. Um, <laughs> and, and he was telling me that years ago when he was working, just years and years ago, um, like before computers and things. Um, and he, he, was a, he was a Christian. And people knew he was a Christian. So when people knew he was a Christian, they wouldn't invite him to, you know, the parties and things or, or get together after work and that type of thing because the assumption was if you're a Christian, you're not going to drink or you're going to judge people and that type of things. But then he said, he told them, look, if you're having these things, invite me. I want to go. So they invited him. And do you know what was the result of that? That eventually people at work started coming to him for prayer. Now, are people at your work, or is your family members, when they look at you, do they think to themselves, I can go to that person and they'll pray for me? Or do they think, if I go to him or her, they're going to judge me? So they don't want to come to you. Is that why God has placed you there? He's placed you there to set people free. Not to be the reason why they are still in bondage. But sometimes we keep others in bondage because we don't want to unbind the bandages because we're too cute. We don't want to get our hands dirty. Today, if you learn anything from this message, is don't be cute. <laughs> okay, if anybody asks you, what did Roderick preach about? Roderick said, don't be cute. Be dirty. Okay. <laughs> I, I, wait, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, 
Do you know what? You, inside of you, there is a healing word. Inside of you, there is a life-giving touch. Inside of you, there is a prayer that brings heaven down into someone's life. Inside of you, there is a helping hand. Inside of you, don't always expect it to be somebody else. We aren't, we are not volunteers in Christ. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. When he wants to do something, he uses our hands. When he wants to go somewhere, he uses our feet. But if you don't go, if you don't say, here I am, Lord, send me, then someone is going to remain in their grave wrappings. Someone is going to remain in their pigsty. Never be set free. We are the anointed ones. So we bring the anointing in our work, in our families. Wherever we go, we bring the anointing with us. If I walk into a pub, the anointing doesn't wait for me at the door. I carry the anointing with me wherever I go. You carry the anointing with you wherever you go. But we have to learn to be alive. Be alive in the things of Christ. If you have a doubt this morning about whether you had left the grave, then come to the front. You'll have that opportunity. If you have a doubt about whether you have let go of the grave wrappings, if you have any doubts that there's still some things in your life that's still there that you haven't let go of, then come forward for prayer. Jesus wants to see you free. He wants to see you alive. He wants to see you bring life to others. Amen. I was going to ask the band to come up. So just in closing, in John 15, Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. There is something about when you have gone through something that just makes it easier to do it for somebody else. When you've been set free from addiction, when you've been set free from porn, it's so easy to then do it for somebody else. To say, do you know what? He's done it for me. I know he can do it for you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. We should use the example that Jesus used. He looked at what the Father did. 
So you are an example to somebody else. Be a good example. This week when you go into your homes, into your place of work, look at the people around you and have this thought in your mind. Inside, someone that you know might be dead. But you are carrying the life that they need, which is Jesus.